Hey friends, welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster, and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, messy bun, and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee and let's get started. Hey mama, am I so glad you are here. I'm so excited that we can chat about this topic that I think is so important and we can do it over and over and over again. Basically, it's where are you getting your worth from? What mirror are you looking in? Because today we're going to talk about 10 truths about your worth that you can't find from any place other than God's word. So I hope that if this is an area that you're struggling, you will stay tuned with a pen maybe a cup of coffee, reheated or not, and get some real value and worth and know that you are seen and loved today. All right, so I asked the question, what mirror are you looking into? What mirror do you use to measure yourself, to gauge how good of a mom you are, how good you look today, how good of a Christian you are, how hot you are, how good of a wife you are, what kind of a friend you are, all of these things, what kind of a person you are. Let me just throw that one in there too, because sometimes at the very bottom, it's what kind of a person you are. Because deep down, we feel that if people knew who we really were, if we were truly real and honest, that nobody would want to be our friend. And if they knew these terrible secrets that we're hiding or these insecurities, then they would just be appalled. And the truth of the matter is we all got our stuff. We all have our issues. And in that stuff, though, we think we're the only ones. And I think that's such a tactic of the enemy to make you feel like you are the only one that has this issue. And that if other people knew, oh, my goodness, have you, you wouldn't be allowed to teach Sunday school. They wouldn't want you to come be in their parties. They wouldn't want you to be in church with them. You couldn't sing in the choir. But we're holding these secrets and we're not being real. But the church... As the church, we are called to be a hospital. We're not called to be a place of perfection. A whitewashed tomb is what Jesus himself called the Pharisees who tried to pretend and act like they were better than others. They were self-righteous. And isn't that the very thing, if you're a new believer or if you're not yet a believer, isn't that self-righteous hypocrisy the very thing that trips you up? As I've gotten older, I've seen the truth and the wisdom of humility and of admitting to the stuff because when you admit to the stuff then you're more free to see yourself as God sees you as loved as chosen as seen as known that is another podcast I've done by the way but if we're measuring ourselves by anything else if we're looking for our identity and worth in anything else other than God's word and his plans for us then we're setting ourselves up for heartbreak for worry. Got anybody that worries about everything? Anxiety. Oh, that's just the way I am. I'm just, I'm just anxious about things. Fear, depression, 
generally you're going to live a kind of miserable existence because you're trying to be God in your own life and you're trying to control all of the outcomes. You have maybe the sin of unbelief. You don't believe what God's word says about you. So therefore, you have to be the one that's in control. You have to be the one that is handling all of the situations because it's just too big. If you are looking at the world to define you and to give you a pat on the back, sister, you are going to be disappointed because this world system we're a part of is currently under the direction of the prince of this world. That's called, that's Satan. Make no mistake that God is in control and he is the one that is on the throne and nothing happens to us that his fingers of love allow. He allows us to have trials and tribulations and hurts, disappointments, thorns, Paul calls it, so that he can refine us and so that he can change us and shape us and mold us and keep us clinging to who he is. But until he sends Jesus back, Satan has the freedom to roam this world, and he is looking for those he can destroy. He roams about like a roaring lion seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. And he and his minions delight in keeping us victims, giving us a mindset that, oh, we'll never be worth anything. We're never going to be good enough. We can't do it. By keeping us divided with our churches and our philosophies and our ways of worship and our differences in how we understand the word by causing drama, confusion, slander, hopelessness, fear, gossip, all of the things that does not come from the Lord. Believing as Eve did in the garden, that we really can be the God of our lives and we're in control. That was a lie and it still is a lie from the pit of hell. So mm, let's see, are you looking to your past, maybe your victimizations, mistakes you made, the things that have happened to you, your parents? Are you in the blame game, a bad marriage, a bad divorce, a bitter divorce? Or are you conversely, oh, you know, things are so much better. When I lived in such and such, well, back when I, well, if I had only done this, well, before I had kids or, and you just fill in those blanks, does that define who you are? Are you looking to social media? But y'all, if we believe all of the perfection and the filters and the and the stories feeds, you know, it's like a highlight reel of somebody else's life that they've altered, that we alter. What do we do? We want to use our, the. it is just too fun to see all of the different ways you can spin your narrative to make it look like you're the hero of your own story, to make it look like you're not desperate for friendship, to make it look like you have it all together, that your house is perfect, that these are always the meals you cook, that your children are remarkable and amazing, and the days just fly by in glory and bliss if I look only at your social media feed. When in reality, I see your life, I see the issues that you're having in your marriage and in your home, and I'm like, what, who, who are these two people? Because it's two very different identities. It's two very different realities. And we get caught up in our heart in that comparison game. And we're comparing our life to something that's not even real. And then we base how we feel about ourselves, our self-worth, our identity. We base it on a lie, on something that's not even real. That's why I think the Bible tells us to buckle on the belt of truth. Because when we do that, when we have God's word, when we have his armor on, then we can rightly judge ourselves and others. With social media closely tied to that is friends. Do you base who you are and how good of a parent or wife? I've already asked you the questions. Are you getting your identity from your friends? Because this can be a subtle, continual comparison game. 
who's the skinniest, who's better, who's more in shape, who's smarter, who bakes cookies, who's always there for every field trip. How does she seem to do it all? Well, she doesn't work. Justify ourselves. That is such a hard, hard place to be in because we don't walk in other people's shoes. What are they trying to overcompensate for? The mom who does everything all the time, is she escaping a bad home life? Is she is she seeking her affirmation by the kudos and the pats on the back? The mom that's OCD and overly controlling of every detail and every issue. Do you ever stop to think, why is that? How is that happening? Why is that happening? Because there may be some underlying fears some shame, some victimization, that it's just really their child of alcoholics or their child of drug users, or they come from a codependent background. So I'm just going to suggest that if we get our self-worth from anything other than God's word, we're setting ourselves up for heartbreak. Now, I just mentioned addiction or dependency, and that can be your own in the past or present, or it can be someone else's. It can be your spouse, your significant other, a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad, whomever, Wherever we put on the mantle of shame and secrets, oh, mm, that's where Satan loves to play. In those dark corners, in those secret closets, in the secrets that we want to keep away from other people, that is just a place that can be a heyday. So I want to really encourage you to get a counselor, get help, get a trusted friend, and start to work through that someone else's sin does not define you. Just that's that's all I got. You can you can marinate over that. You can ruminate over that. You can meditate on that one. But someone else's sin does not define who you are and you are called to walk in freedom. So, I'm giving you all of this, but let's just see if I can give you 10 places, 10 affirmations from God's word that you should base your worth on and we will put these in the show notes. And there are lots of verses that go with these, but I'm just going to run through them real quickly. Number one, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Did you get that? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's from Psalm 139, 14. And it says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And this is one we should be sharing with our children. Number two, you are bought with a price. I found 31 verses on this one, so I'm not going to get all into all of them. Again, that can be a handout that I can have at the um, in the show notes. But on that one, I found 57 and then I condensed it down to 31. Matthew 20, 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We were bought. And it's in the Lord Jesus that we have redemption and that we do have our forgiveness of sins. And do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. And And it goes on and we have 31 of those. So 31 verses of just wonderful truths that we were bought with a price and we are not our own. Number three, how about that God has a plan for your life? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. I just love that one. Number four, I've already alluded to this when I said you're fearfully and wonderfully made, but your circumstances and your past do not define your worth. This is the Lord saying, if we are his children, our circumstances do not define our worth. Number five, if you are a child of God, if you're a believer, you are forgiven and redeemed. And if you're not, then you can be. Do not think for one second, and I have said this 
several times throughout my podcasting little journey, do not for a second think that your sin is greater than the God who created the universe and created you, who knows the number of hairs on your head and has numbered the stars in the sky, given them names, and he also knows the grains of sand on the beach. So just don't even go there. Don't think, don't be so prideful that you can think that your sin is bigger than God is. That's not the way he does it. And don't keep wearing your shame as a badge. That's not a badge of honor. Give it over. Believe what the Lord says about that, that he throws it as far as the east is from the west, that that sin is forgiven. If you're not yet a believer, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, his son. And then in Romans 10.10, it says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5.8. There's so many there. All right, number six, as a forgiven believer, you are a child of God. Again, so many songs on this. You are a daughter of the Most High God. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Can I just get a yes and amen? How exciting is that? We get a new name. We get new clothing. We get a new heart. We're told to take off the old and put on the new. You are a child of God. And as that, number seven, you are free. Free. Free from the lies. Free from the shackles. Free from the guilt. Free from the shame. We are free to confess it, to give it over to him. John 8, 36 says, if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. Now, is that easy? No. Do we have to come back and appropriate that truth in our life? Shoot, girl, sometimes, mm, every day, every day, every hour. Sometimes if I'm really in a spiritual battle, it is a conscious putting on and claiming that truth. Lord, thank you that as a believer, as a believer, I am set free because you have set me free and you said so in your word. And we can do that by number eight. We can appropriate God's truth as believers because we have the gift of the Holy Spirit and we know that we are created for a purpose and that we have given gifts that are unique to us. And that is one of my Bible studies that we do spiritual gifts and figuring out and knowing what your spiritual gift is. How do you do that? How do you how do you discern that? How do you figure that out? Well, join me in my spiritual gifts course and you can um, begin to, by God's grace, figure that out. And speaking of God's grace, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not of yourselves, It is the gift of God. It is not by works because if it was by works, if we could earn it, if we had a check off box, then we'd be bragging about that. But it says it is not by works so that no one can boast. Verse 10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. And on that checklist, I want to, um, I want to give you a little encouragement If you're going to give something up for Lent, if you practice a faith that gives something up for Lent, don't tell anybody. Keep it between you and the Lord. Because the second you bring it out and say, oh, no, I'm giving that up for Lent, then the focus is on you and your great sacrifice rather than the purpose of giving it up, which is to concentrate and contemplate and meditate on the gift that you've been given because you were bought with a price. So just that's just a little, you know. 
extra thrown in there for free that might happen to be one of my pet peeves. <laughs> okay, number nine. I always have to think, where am I? Because I can't count half the time. You are a victor and you are more than a conqueror. First John 5, 4 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. We're in a hard spot. He knows it. He sees it. It's not a surprise if you're having issues. And number 10, in your image of yourself or in your image of your self-worth, if you were crippled and if you were stopped by the thought that you are not enough, I just want to help you out here. You're not and neither am I because we aren't God. It's when we try to do God's job for him. That's where we get that all twisted. But God tells us in Christ, we are more than enough. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. And in 1 John 4, 4, the Bible tells us, greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. In Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can I do it on my own? No, on my own, I'm a hot mess. I worry and I'm afraid and I try to control and manipulate and I'm bossy and I'm selfish and I'm self-centered. And I was a yeller when I, I mean, I would yell at my kids like continually to try to get control so that we looked good and so that everybody was shepherded along where they needed to be. But God does not leave us. He does not forsake us. And Hebrews 13, 5, he is our promise and the foundation of the love God has for us. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Y'all, I have said it before. When light enters a room, darkness has to flee. When we bring out all of those things that we have in secret and our shadows and the things that's crippling us and binding us up on the inside, when we bring those things to the light of God's word and we shine his truth on those secret recesses of our heart, that is when we are set free. That is when by faith we can walk. That is when by faith we can overcome our fears and we can become an overcomer. We can fight the good fight of faith and we can see ourselves as God sees us. The name of this podcast is Productivity in Proverbs 31. And I have learned so much from this woman for whom we do not even have a name. But I love verse, 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 verse 18. I should have these memorized, but I don't. Let's just be real. I'm reading it right from my Bible. And it says, she senses that her gain is good and her lamp does not go out at night. And I for an overachieving firstborn perfectionist, nothing is ever good enough, and I hold myself to a standard that's way too high. That was a verse of such comfort. She senses that her gain is good. So she's rightfully judging her life, her works, her actions, and of course, Proverbs 31 covers all of that. But I want to encourage you today. The Lord has just laid this so on my heart that our worth has to come from Him. Our identity has to come from Him. And who we are, believing that truth is essential to being able to walk and to do the great and mighty deeds the Lord has for you. Yes, sister, I am talking to you. The Lord has a great work he wants to do in you. With those littles that you're bringing up for the next generation, protecting them, keeping them safe, teaching them the way, because as we run or free fall like a roller coaster into these days where good is called evil and evil is called good, as we are mired up to our necks in sin that we don't call sin anymore. The Lord is calling us out. He's calling us as his people 
to stand firm and to know whose we are. We are his. He has a purpose for us and we have been bought with a price. And so with that, I just want to close it with a word of prayer. Father, I pray that you will use these words and your truth in the lives of the folks that are listening, that the men that are listening will rise up to be the priests of their household, that they will guard their household, and it will be a household of faith. For the women who are standing in the gap, Lord, I thank you that you tell us that you will be the husband to them, and I pray for them, Lord. I pray that you would teach them what you would have them to know and to teach their kids. And then, Lord, as we listen with ears that want to hear you, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you promise us like a voice behind us, you will say, this is the way, walk you in it. Father, for our great salvation, I thank you. You know, let me pray. Amen. All right, girls, I just want to encourage you today. Go be a blessing to others, because you know, when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but believe bless yourself. Until next time, this is Kathy. Take care. Hey, guys. Real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, go be a blessing to others. Because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care.